0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. Rick Lemon is not with me on this episode. He will be doing the next show that we release, which is a mock draft 5.0. Um, I'm not sure what he did for it. That's going to be kind of a surprise for me, I guess. I don't know how he structured it. So be sure to check that show out because I will be, you know, I got to figure out what he's saying over there, uh, so that I don't look like an idiot, you know, but, uh, he's mock drafting. So, um, he will be back with us, um, in the subsequent episodes, uh, next couple weeks, you know, we're trying to settle things, settle some things down. Rick's in the middle of a move, so, Um, you know, we are, we are definitely going to be in a circumstance where things are going to be in flux, but in August we are three episodes a week going in, uh, getting as much content done as humanly possible for the fantasy football season as it approaches. Um, next week is training camp, uh, and a lot of training camps will start up. Um, I don't let me let me let me pull it up I actually want to know when the first preseason game here is Um, it looks like the first the first preseason game that we are going to get is going to be on August 3rd Jets Browns so the NFL season will begin for the most part, uh, the preseason at least will start on um, August third, uh, August tenth. The rest of the games will begin. Um, so we are we are very close to starting to see you know real NFL games happen. I personally love hard knocks, so I'll get to watch some hard knocks. But in the meantime, we have training camp. Things are going to kick into high gear for that next week, um, and we're very close. Very very close. To the NFL season starting so I can taste it I can feel it but the most exciting thing and the most exciting time of the year for fantasy football people is draft season and uh, we are currently going to be in the midst of draft season very soon which is very exciting so um, as we enter into to draft month which happens to be August we're starting to give you more and more content that pertains to how you would draft where you would draft next week hard rate, hard or in the next coming episodes, we got hard draft day decisions coming up. We got some guys that, um, you know, we like as as potential league winners coming up in an episode. Uh, and there's the possibility of of some more breakout episodes and other things coming soon. Um, but on this episode, we're going to talk about my top five bounce back players for the 2023 fantasy football season uh and it is going to be a very interesting show. These are five guys that maybe didn't have the best 2023 uh 2022 I should say campaigns um but this year they're poised for a really big year um and and to to bounce back and have success. I always love this show because I think there are players in fantasy football that a lot of people draft with expectations and hype and excitement and and then they don't pan out and the following season they people kind of get caught in the trap of thinking that they're not very good players. So um and and they got burned and they're like, "Hey, I'm not going to draft that guy cuz he burned me." And I think the reality is you have to focus on drafting some of those players because the reality is Um, just because they had one horrible or one season where they underperformed doesn't mean that they're not going to have a a better performance in the future. Uh, so you really have to pay attention to that stuff, make sure things are good there. But, um, I'm going to talk about my top five, the guy, five guys that I think. Are going to be bounce back players for the 2022 fantasy, uh, 2023 fantasy football season. Before I do that, check our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for the notifications, like and comment down below a guy that you believe is going to be a bona fide uh, bounce back player this year. Um, and this is for fantasy football, by the way. This does not relate to uh the whole league-wide bounce-back players. So, uh, keep that in mind. But without further ado, let's jump in. So, like I said, bounce-back players for me, those are players that it's not necessarily players that got injured in previous years and missed time. You know, because then you could say like D Hop, who finished you know in wide receiver twenty or thirties or forties or whatever he finished is going to finish, obviously. But last year coming into the season, you knew that Hop was not going to play football for the first six to eight weeks of the season. So with that being said, you can't really say he had a down year because you knew he was having, going to have a down year. We're talking about players who came in, underperformed this year, albeit whatever the circumstance may be, uh, whether it was a tough schedule, bad coaching, um, You know injuries at other positions that affected the performance of the team stuff like that That's what i'm factoring in when i'm talking about bounce back players Um, there are gonna you know, there is some guy there are some dudes that have not played Uh in a year. So, you know, I factored that in as well and maybe not necessarily related to injury I think you know who i'm talking about So without further ado, we're going to talk about those top five bounce back players Number one is Antonio Gibson. Now, Gibson, there's two players in my mind that and and I actually kind of harken harken uh, back to a specific player um by the name of Miles Sanders because I think he he had he had kind of, uh, you know, some similar hype a few years ago, you know, I think it was three seasons ago. um and he he started his, you know, he started his career decently, Miles Sanders, that is. Um, you know, 179 rush attempts, 818 yards, 50 receptions, 509 receiving yards. So, you know, he had 13 all purpose yards, six all purpose touchdowns. Like there was something there, you know, he finishes the RB 21, but there was something there for a lot of people to look at him and be like, this guy could be a breakout player in fantasy football and could be the next quote, Christian McCaffrey. I believe I might've even said that, which is lunacy. Now that we think about it. Uh, following season, I called for the breakout. I thought he was going to be great. And, um, you know, going into that year, uh, he had 867 yards, 197 receiving yards, and only 28 receptions. So his reception totals went down from 50 to 28, and they have subsequently decreased by year, um, year in year in and year out. And so uh, the reason why I talk about Miles Sanders is because I compare – Antonio Gibson to that situation where a lot of people thought that Gibson was going to be this, you know, this elite pass catching running back that he came into the league as a third round pick. He was going to a football team that didn't have a running back. And of course, you know, he played a little bit of wide receiver in college, a little bit of running back in college. And the the comp for him was a pass catching running back um, that had the ability to take some work on the ground. You know, six foot tall, 228, like he can handle that kind of workload. You know, you want to give him that kind of work. And so I went into the season thinking, you know, a lot of people did thinking Antonio Gibson was going to be really good. Obviously the commanders don't have a good offense. So that's, you know, put that in a box aside, but Gibson, you thought, okay, he's going to get in PPR leagues. He's going to get a lot of work. He's going to get a lot of, a lot of opportunity. First year he comes in 149 rush attempts, 546 yards, not a great yards per carry. Remember he was a lot, a lot of receiving in college. That was his main thing. Um, 46 receptions, 353 yards, and five touchdowns. So you talk about, like, obviously receiving yards-wise wasn't there with Miles Sanders' rookie season, but very similar statistics to um, Sanders' rookie season, which led people to believe, hey, if this guy can catch 46 passes in his rookie season... Um, Actually, I'm sorry, that was not his rookie season. His rookie season was 795 rush yards, 247 rush attempts... I mean, um, 170 rushdowns, 795 rush yards, 36 catches, and 247 receiving yards, and 11 total touchdowns, Um, which was 14.4. And at next season, people thought, this guy's going to come in, and he's going to be an absolute monster, and what did they do? They gave him the rock 258 times. And he had 1,037 receiving yards, 42 catches, 294 yards, and 10 touchdowns, finishing as the RB17 on the season with 14.3 points per game. And so I think after that performance, I think there was a lot of people that thought, okay, you know, there's something here with this kid. If the efficiency improves, there's a chance that he could ascend into a better, uh, more efficient category. And I'm going to make this long story shorter here. But you look at the following season, going into 2022, I think a lot of people were like, this guy is going to break out. This guy is going to be elite. He's going to be good. And there was a lot of excitement leading into last year. And then they drafted Brian Robinson. And then all the Brian Robinson hype came in. And I think that kind of pushed Antonio Gibson down. They force fed the rock to, to, um, to, uh, to Brian Robinson when he came back and um and it didn't look good rushing wise uh i would say gibson didn't look good rushing wise either uh but it just wasn't all a, a good all-around attack last year finished with 11.1 fantasy points per game as the rb28 only had 5 touchdowns only had 800 to 900 total um yards and only and he did increase in the receptions category and the receiving yards category but Nothing else really increased. In fact, it was a decrease, um, including the amount of games that he had played. So the thing for Gibson with me is that obviously RB28 is not what you're looking for. He underperformed his ADP. He underperformed where he was going. He underperformed in every aspect of the game last year, whether it was total touchdowns, whether it was rush yards, whether it was rush attempts, you know. Um, even the, the receiving yardage efficiency that he had was, was lower. So he was not efficient. He wasn't very good last year in fantasy football. And if you drafted him in the earlier rounds or in the first six to eight rounds, you kind of got burned by Gibson at this point. And because of that, you're seeing Antonio Gibson now being pushed down into a range of, according to, um player profiler and ADP of 99 on fantasy pros, probably in a similar area, probably maybe even in the hundreds. And because he got, he burned people. Gibson is now being pushed down draft boards. Um, But what we didn't get last off season was all kinds of hype surrounding Antonio Gibson and the coaching staff of the Washington um, commanders. It are now, coalescing around Antonio Gibson kind of saying hey you know we're gonna give this kid the rock um they got I believe they have Eric b now as their um offensive coordinator and he's gonna run their their offensive system um I just want to confirm that at Washington commander so that he's gonna run their offensive system which I think is a benefit to Antonio Gibson. Um, because we've seen guys like him have success in in systems like Andy Reid's or uh, Eric Bieniemy's, I think this is going to be a positive um, step in the right direction. The obsession with Brian Robinson, I think, is going to subside a little bit, and I think you'll see some production increases as we go into the you know go into the the regular season and stuff like that. But you can get them for cheap, so. To me, I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think you know there's a lot of different variables that factor into that, but I think you know they're clearly after the change in the coaching staff of Eric Bieniemy moving you know into the into the offensive coordinator position. He's going to be running the offense, and with that being said, there's a very real shot that they just start giving Antonio Gibson the rock. And the reason why I say this because. All of the coaches have started talking about Antonio Gibson in a completely different light than they had in years prior. You know now, now they're hyping him up and talking about him. And the actions in the past of the Washington you know, head coach and coaching staff had been, you know, they kind of do what they say to the media. Uh, last year they hyped up Brian Robinson for months and months and months and then he came in the regular season. They gave him majority of the work. In terms of rushing. So they back that up. And if they really do think Antonio Gibson is this dude and is this guy. And they back it up. If he gets back to 200 carries and he gets 50 catches this year. You know that's something that you want on your team. And it's a guy who gets 250 to 300 opportunities on the season. That you can get ADP, you know in the 10th, 9th, 10th, 8th, 9th, 10th round. And it's like if you can get that on your team. You know, you're talking about the people who like doing, you know, uh, running, you know, zero running back in the first two, three rounds of a draft. That's Antonio Gibson. You know, you can get him late. You can stick him in your second running back slot and and hope that he gets opportunity. But I think it's a good investment regardless of what your strategy is in your draft. And I think he's going to bounce back this year. There's no way he doesn't. Um, and I think, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Miles Sanders kind of finally came on a little bit. We know what he is at this point, but like, Antonio Gibson's kind of in that same boat and like, I don't think he's going to be this RB one breakout kind of player, but if he can get back to like that mid to low end RB two range, I think you'll get more value than you would anything else. So um, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he'll get back to what he was, you know, in 2021 and uh, brush off the 2022 season as a whole. The next guy is Darren Waller. Now Darren, Darren Waller had some issues last year with health an injury. But the reason why I put him on this list, because I don't necessarily want to put guys that just got hurt on the list, um, which is exactly what happened to Darren Waller. Um, but in, in years prior, right from his breakout year, all the way to 2021, he had 13.8 fantasy points per game, which is a top five finish in fantasy football in 2019, 2020. He finished with 17.4, which was number two in, in the NFL. He finished with 12.1 the season, the next season in 2021 which was tight end 6. So for 3 years, he was tight end 5, tight end 2 and tight end 6. He was a top 6 tight end for 3 straight seasons and everyone loved him. Last year, efficiency-wise, he finished the season as the tight end 10, but he had finished with 9.4 fantasy points per game, which puts him in this kind of muddled uh area of tight ends you know where a lot of guys finish between seven and nine in terms of points per game so he has he kind of dropped off you know where you're talking about 13.8 17.4 12.1 in the three previous seasons with the oakland oh wow oakland raiders las vegas raiders um and he had that kind of efficiency you did not see that um last year where he had 9.4 fantasy points per game So, because of that, there was a lot of different. Even the air yardage went down 877, 1161, 833 in the last three seasons. Last year, he had 584 air yards. Like, he was not a guy that they targeted too much when he was in games. He played nine games, only got targeted 43 times, which is totally different than what you've seen in years prior. You know, um, in in previous seasons, um, let me just pull up my calculator and do some quick math here. Um, but when you look at in previous years, last year, 43, um, catches, he was averaging about 4.7 targets or five targets a game. Let the season prior in the 11 games that he played, he had 93 targets, um, which averaged 8.4 targets per game. Um, so to me, it's like he had literally a three to four target increase, um, on the previous year. And so for me, it's like, I look at Darren Waller and obviously there was a decrease in production last year and then something else happened. He got moved and traded to the New York Giants. So this is a guy that I think isn't just a bounce back player, but I think he's also being forgotten about a little bit. I think he's a dude that people are not thinking about really in fantasy football right now. The expert consensus has him sitting in the range of uh, seven you know, Dallas Goddard, who, like, is already on a, you know, not really on a target-rich team with two wide receivers who are absolute studs. Like, uh, there's not a lot of good things there. And Waller now gets dropped. He goes from a situation in in, in Las Vegas where they had Hunter Renfro and they had the running backs, Josh Jacobs, you know, um, they had the running back Josh Jacobs to throw the ball to. And they also had Hunter Renfro and some other guys to, to get the ball to passing wise. Um, and also a situation where they wanted to get Josh Jacobs, the rock and have him run a lot. Like that situation was not really, um, beneficial for him to have success, which is not something that I thought I would say. I didn't think that there would be a situation where, you know, he wouldn't get targeted because you know, the Josh McDaniel system has that. So, um, the big thing about you know Darren Waller is now he goes to the Giants. He's on a football team that can get him the target share that he needs to have success. And um, last time I checked, the Giants don't have any receivers, and they don't have any tight ends, and their really only good skill position weapon is the running back, Saquon Barkley. So to me, even if they throw it 525 times, there's a chance that Darren Waller can get back up to that 120 target target you know, threshold. And if that happens, there's definitely a bounce back in the cards for him. I think, you know, tight end seven is probably a safer place to put him. But when you're talking about a dude last year who finished as the tight end 10 and kind of mixed in with all that muddled garbage at the tight end position, if he can get back up into the top five at the tight end position and you're drafting Darren Waller in round seven, eight or nine or somewhere in that vicinity, which right now he's going at pick 56. So he's not going that low. Um, I think that there's there's some benefit there. But he's definitely going to bounce back. I think a lot of people look at him and go, okay, he burned me, I drafted him high, he burned me, I'm not going to draft him. That's bad play for me. I think you should definitely draft him. You should definitely get him on your team. I think there's benefits to having him. And I think he's going to bounce back this year. I think he can probably finish as a top 5-6 tight end in fantasy football again in that giant system. Um, and Dayball is going to figure out how to use him. So, um, Darren Waller, One of my bounce back players. Um, Next guy is Justin Herbert. Herbert's interesting uh, a little bit because last year uh, he was getting hyped. Like, this is one of Rick's dudes. Rick loves Justin Herbert. Like, Justin Herbert is, is his guy. And he's talked about Herbert a million times in fantasy football um, and in basically, you know, driven into the ground that he likes Justin Herbert. Uh, I talked to him the other day pre show when we were recording and he talked about how Justin Herbert was his favorite quarterback in the NFL. Have you ever seen Justin Herbert throw and all this extra stuff? And Herbert, you know, for what it's worth, had a down season last year. Rookie season, threw 31 touchdowns. The second season, he threw 38 touchdowns. So there was two huge seasons for him. He also had 234 and 302 rush yards with three and five touchdowns previously. Last year, he you cut his rushing yardage in half. He had zero rushing touchdowns, only threw 25 passing touchdowns. He was efficient through the air, but not as efficient as in previous years. And he threw it for more attempts. So, you know, his yards per attempt went down. He only had 4,739 yards only. That's a lot of yardage. There's only nine quarterbacks last season that finished with 4,000 yards or plus. So he he was definitely up there. But he finished as the QB 15 in fantasy football, you know, in 17 games. And this is a player that a lot of people anticipated having a lot of success. And last year, he didn't have that success. He didn't produce. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the rushing yards that he put up in the previous two seasons—that's more like what he is, and he'll probably do that. Um, he also will score a rushing touchdown this year. I—I'll put money on it. I'll bet on it. DraftKings Sportsbook, Justin Herbert touchdown at some point this year, rushing touchdown. Um, and I think, you know, obviously for a guy like Herbert, where, you know, it's nice to have the 250 rush yards, but if he doesn't put that up, he can score touchdowns. He didn't really do that last year, which I think drove the numbers down. If he was in the, you know, if he threw five more touchdowns or six more touchdowns last year, you're talking about a dude that probably finishes in the top 12. But the big thing you want to see from him is that if they're throwing it 670 times, you want to see efficiency from him and you want to see him score touchdowns. Um, and, and the efficiency just wasn't necessarily there for him and the rushing wasn't necessarily there for him. So there's definitely positive regression coming for Justin Herbert. Um, the schedule this year is, uh, is a little bit, I'm just want to confirm this, but it's a little bit lighter for Justin Herbert, a little bit easier than it was last year. So I think there's good things there. Um, I definitely would put him in that range of Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, you know, whereas Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts should be probably ahead of them. Um, you know, and especially in my rankings, I have, I have Justin Fields, I think fifth Joe Burrow, six, Justin Herbert, seven, uh, and Trevor Lawrence, eight. So like those three guys right in the same kitty corner together. But I think Herbert's going to bounce back. He could finish as a top five quarterback in fantasy football. And like that is a massive increase from QB fifteen through seventeen games to QB, you know, five or six or seven would be a big increase. So he's definitely a bounce back player for this season, you know. And and when you're talking about uh where he's going ADP wise, um, you know, Herbert's going in the fifth round. So I mean, if you want the quarterback early and all the rushing guys are off the board, he's a great pick there. Um, but definitely bounce back player. Uh keep your eye on Justin Herbert. Um, De- Deandre Swift is the next guy that we have and I love Deandre Swift. Um, the big thing for me is that he got traded and we talk about, you know, we're going to talk about him a little bit next week, I believe, but Swift bounced back. I mean, uh, Swift has had a- an interesting career because he, you know, he's only played in 13 or 14 games respectively in each season. He's always been hurt. And uh, his first season, and second season, he was It was running back four. Uh, wow, he was running back fifteen rookie year, running back eight his second season, and uh, so he finally broke into that top twelve in fantasy football. Finished with sixteen point one fantasy points per game. Only had six hundred and seventeen uh, rush yards and and four hundred and fifty two receiving yards, but he did have sixty two catches on the year. Um, I think Swift going to Philly. They like him. They traded for him and they're clear, clearly going to use him. I don't imagine that they would trade for him and then give Boston Scott the ball 100 times. I don't know that uh, DeAndre Swift is going to get 200 rush attempts this year. You'd like to see it. He's never done it in his career. I don't know if he's got the size to do it, but, or, you know, he's been injured so often, but he fits what Philly does and they clearly wanted him. So they went out and got him. With the um, Lions last year, he played 14 games, had 99 rush attempts, 542 yards. He had 48 catches for 389 yards and eight touchdowns. When he was on the field and playing, he was hyper efficient and really good. Um, But the Lions just wanted to get two running backs involved. And the Eagles obviously do that a lot. They like to get multiple backs involved. But I think. What Miles Sanders was to them in the passing game decreased over time. I don't think they like how efficient he was. If he gets to 50 catches or more this year and then also rushes 150 to 200 times, he's definitely going to get back into that top 12. Um, I think he can bounce back from running back 15 this year, have a really good season in a good Eagles offense. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to have success in that facet. I think he'll probably get up to like eight to 10 touchdowns this year, which I think would be positive for him. Um, and it's going to be a target rich it's not really a super target rich environment because they get a lot of the balls to Deon, uh, Devonta Smith and a lot of balls to AJ Brown. Um, but I think there's going to be something here for him in terms of pass catching and in a role in that facet. So, um, going from the lions offense to the Eagles offense, I think they're going to use him the same way they use miles Sanders, maybe a little bit more, but I think because Swift is a talented, good, efficient player, I think it'll work more positively for the Eagles with Deandre Swift than it did with miles Sanders, because I think Swift obviously is the better player. um, so I expect to bounce back from DeAndre Swift. I think he's not going to finish as the RB15. He'll probably finish as the, you know, RB12, 10, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, and that's, you know, for a lot of people, that's probably hot take-ish. I have him ranked a lot lower than where I just kind of projected him out. Um, yeah, i have meant yeah, running back 19, So, but he's cheap. You know what I mean? He's another one of those guys like Antonio Gibson where you can kind of get him on the cheap and stick him on your team and hope that he has success. So excited about DeAndre Swift. We only got one more guy to go, and that is the guy who has sat out for a century. So I can't even give you stats. So I'll just tell you, it's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was on the Atlanta Falcons. He had a super good season the last time he played football, but he uh he made he he made his bet. he invested in the wrong uh, bets <laughs> and uh and they suspended him for a whole freaking season. and um while I think that was a little extreme, um he obviously didn't want to play for Atlanta anymore. He took time off and during that time off he made a bet um, you know, uh, in an NFL game and they suspended him obviously for, uh, you know, uh, betting on games. And I think it was kind of stupid that they gave him a whole year when there's domestic violence, you know, people who, uh, violate that. And, you know, like Kareem Hunt, for example, and they only miss six to eight games. Like, and then you have DeAndre, I mean, um, Calvin Ridley who bets on a game and gets a whole year of suspension. There's just not I don't know, there's no symmetry there in the suspension situation. Like, clearly they care more about uh, their players playing with integrity than, uh, you know, having integrity in the first place and, and not having, uh, you know, run-ins with the law. They don't care what you do outside of football, but if you bet, uh, you're going to get suspended longer than you would if you domestically abuse somebody. So that makes sense, NFL. But um, I think for Calvin Ridley... He's got a lot of interesting he's got a lot of interesting situations um you know coming forward. And after the whole situation with Atlanta and getting suspended, he got traded to the the Jacksonville Jaguars where he spent all season last year um basically out, but the bet was made. I think they traded for a, a second round pick for him, but the bet was made for the Jacksonville Jaguars, not to make a punny joke here about bets. But, um, Calvin Ridley goes to Jacksonville with that quarterback onto a football team that desperately needed a wide receiver one, and they get it. And, uh, you saw like Trevor Lawrence, you know, in college with really talented wide receivers do ridiculous stuff. And I think for him now having Calvin Ridley, this is a bona fide bet to work. Like, I, you know, I don't. The only team I can think of over the last couple years, you know, Jalen Hurts got better, and the Eagles went on a run last year after they got AJ Brown in the draft, right? Um, Mahomes always had Tyreek Hill. Obviously, doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but um, you know, Josh Allen had some success, and then they got him Diggs, and he went off. Um, and you just see other quarterbacks. Get these number one wide receivers and kind of take off. The only quarterback I th- I can think of that didn't take off was when you know Baker got OBJ um, with the Browns in that whole situation. So, I mean, to me, I kind of look at this situation. I look at you know uh, them going and getting Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley was a top ten wide receiver in the NFL when he was healthy, when he was on the field and when he was good to go. And I think he loves the change of scenery. I think he, you know, he loves Jacksonville. I think he loves that. He gets to catch passes from Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be motivated, ready to go. And I think when the season starts, there might be some rust that he needs to knock off, but I call him a bounce back player because he didn't play a snap last year. And uh, I think he's going to bounce back this year, have a really big season, you know, might take a couple weeks for him to knock the rust off. Um, but I think he'll have a really successful season, and Calvin Ridley is going to get force-fed the ball by Trevor Lawrence. So I will make that bet. I love it too. Uh, he is he is cheap as hell um, in fantasy football right now. He, um, Calvin Ridley currently is. ADPing at 38.5. So, you know, like if you're talking about a dude, like last time he played, I'm not even joking, he had 143 targets, 90 catches in 2020 for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. He had 2,063 air yards. 2,063. Finished as the uh as the wide receiver four on a football team that i think i think matt ryan was still there but he wasn't very good justin jefferson last year for example had 1935 air yards and he's never reached over 2000 air yards so like this is a dude who is going to get force fed the ball and force fed the rock and if the targets are good which it's trevor lawrence they're gonna be good they're gonna be juicy he is going to be efficient and he is going to be good obviously played in 2021 uh, things didn't really look good. He only played 5 games on the season. Um he got hurt. He had he did average 14.2 fantasy points per game and he was he was having a down season that that year, but he's going to an efficient offense. He's healthy, he's ready to go. All that stuff. I think he's going to be a bounce back player and I think he's going to be one of, he's going to be one of the guys that I heavily invest in in fantasy football this year. Um you know, in drafts. And um you know, I love Calvin Ridley. I think I think there's good things coming for him. Um, and, and realistically, Jacksonville, like there's been some good players in their receiving core, but you know, cause they had Christian Kirk who had a good season last year. They had Zay Jones who did decently, but um, it's going to be Calvin Ridley and it's going to be his show. So get Calvin Ridley on your squads. Um, but anyway, there you go. There you go. There's, there's all the guys here. Antonio Gibson, Darren Wall, Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, Calvin Ridley. All these guys are going to bounce back. They're going to have big years. Um, and you're going to see uh, positive success for them going in the right direction. We got a lot more content coming towards you. See you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the TheFFChamps.